I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the MVP Show. Today we have Eric Levin, an information technology evangelist with over 20 years of experience in software architecture, project management, business analysis, and business solutions, or business applications as we are currently in. Uh, He's a very interesting background in martial arts for 30 years, blows my mind. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 229. Now let's get on with the show. Ark, welcome to the MVP show. Thank you, Mark, for having me. So first of all, tell us about your name. How do you pronounce your first and last name and, and what's the origins of it? Uh, that's a little bit tricky because I usually tell people, just call me whatever you want. <laughs> uh, the the origin is, uh, is Israeli. Uh, working in the States, I usually tell people, just go by Eric because it makes it easy instead of them trying to pronounce it the wrong way. But uh, the way it's usually pronounced is uh, Eric. Eric. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so have you always been in the US or did you did you immigrate in? What's the story? No. So I was born in Israel uh, when I was about seven years old. I moved with my family to uh, Quito, Ecuador, South America. Uh, we spent about eight years over there and then moved back. I did uh, finished high school, did the military service, and then when I was about twenty-two, I moved to Los Angeles, uh, California. Wow. Okay. So just to, to digress, because I've read books and stuff on Israel and military service. How did you find that? Was that is that a three-year thing or one year? It's it's three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it. I mean, the beginning was a little bit hard just to get accustomed to actually doing what people tell you to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I had a good time. I mean, you know, you, you create relationships that um, I don't think you have that type of friendships anywhere. You know, when people, when people are willing to risk their life for you, it's, uh, it's something else. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book um, years ago. Uh, I think it was called like Israel Inside, kind of like um, Intel Inside. You know, the old saying that Intel used to have about computers. And I found it very interesting. And they said one of the reasons that so much tech innovation comes out of Israel is because of the military service and the connections that you make there. And one of the things that in reading this book is talking about the you're taught to always question authority or or what's been said or done. And, and that's kind of like built into everything to question it, not just to accept it as, um, you know, with kind of like no, no justification and which is quite different than a lot of militaries around the world, which always says you must convey, you know, whatever you're told to do, don't ask questions, just obey. And I, and the, and the book was saying that this is the reason why so much innovation has happened 
is that, you know, Israeli people are taught to challenge the status quo thinking, and therefore it comes up with new ideas to solve problems. It's it's a different point of view what you're saying, but it does make a lot of sense. I mean, the, like when we talk about other Israelis, we talk about like an Israeli personality, and it is it is uh, they're they're tough, they're they're rough, and yeah, they they challenge everything. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. I love it. Um, tell us about where you where you are in the world now. Where where do you call home? Um, tell us a bit about your family and, and your life now. So I live in, a, I moved from California about four years ago. We moved to the East Coast, uh, New York, New Jersey area. Um, we were actually, the town that I live in was was ground zero for COVID in New Jersey. Um, but, you know, our our numbers are pretty low right now in our town at least. It seems like people are practicing social distancing and being careful. Um, but yeah, overall, I live in the northern uh, New Jersey, and my work is, is in the city, in New York City. So how how has it affected your family with COVID? Um, work-wise, it hasn't really affected me. Uh, I've actually had more work since this started. Um, family-wise, it's just having the kids at home all day and... Uh, running around and, you know, having them work with the Zoom sessions and letting them sit in front of the computer. That's kind of being the hard part of it. So tell us about um, your career, kind of what brought you to the point that you're at now in your career? You know, what's your specialty been around the Microsoft business application suite of products and, and, and what took you on this journey? So I started my journey even before uh, my military service in high school. I liked like hacking and doing like some stuff with, with computers. But uh, after after my service, I moved to Los Angeles. Uh, I started attending school while working uh, at the same time. And my first job here was uh, working for a for an ISP for an internet service provider. And it's interesting how times have changed. Like at the time we were building, this was right when the ISPs, we had like 30 or 40 dial-up modems uh, in there. And we had to build data entry forms for people to register on. And we did that using C++. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I don't think like anybody would even consider doing that nowadays. When I was working there, I basically found a mentor. Um, he used to write uh, security software for the military, and he gave me the push that I needed in, in generally technology and software development. So I think he's kind of what boosted me in, in my career. Uh, I worked there for a few years. I then had some independent consulting gigs and some uh, executive gigs. I was working for, for Fox and some other companies in the entertainment industry. I guess that's what you have in Los Angeles. And then in one of those roles in about, I think it was 2003 or 2004, I was introduced to Dynamic CRM, uh, version 3 at the time. And I kind of fell in love. It's like, I can build all of this functionality without having to work about designing the user interface. What a time saver. 
So in about 2006, I went back to consulting, did a lot of uh, things in the government space, other industries, and I've been doing consulting more or less uh, ever since. Wow. Okay. And and I, I see in your profile, you've worked for some very large, like Fortune what, Fortune 500 companies? Uh, yes. So, so out of your career, kind of like what have been the big projects that stand out in your, lo- in your mind that were like, wow, I really enjoyed that or that was really, you know, satisfying from you as, as one of the contributors on those projects? That's a little bit tough, but I think my last project was very fulfilling. I mean, I did multiple roles in there. I, I had both a role of a technical project manager and a principal architect uh, for the city of New York. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the the thing about this project is the the entire city kind of decided, okay, we're moving to CRM, to Dynamics CRM 365, however they called it at the time. And they had so many legacy systems and working with such short time frames it's basically we did migrations from Accela, from SQL database, from Oracle, from Salesforce, everything to Dynamics, everything working at at the same time, and and while we while we were doing that, you know, COVID happened, so we had like we were building project after project in such a short period of time, and it just showed us like what's what's the strength of this platform, like. So I think that's kind of my, uh, my I think one of the biggest projects or one of the ones I'm most uh, happy about. So, so when you know you've been working with the tech now for a long time, you've seen Microsoft Biz Apps expand to be, you know, a handful of applications to thirty odd different, you know, discrete applications that we have today. What what excites you most about where things are going in Microsoft Biz Apps? I'm just looking a little bit at history. I do I do a lot of integration work, like integration between system platforms and the direction they have with with connectors and automation, and uh, you know now with uh, with automation, the, the ability to take two two disparate systems and find a very easy way to integrate between them. That's that for me. For me, is amazing. Like stuff that I used to spend, I don't know, weeks and months just trying to figure out what the best way to do it is. Now it's just like I would want to say almost plug and play. When when we look at what Microsoft is producing, though, as in from a, a platform perspective, so let's say the the Power Platform perspective, are there any gaps that you'd like to see filled, or or things that you think is kind of it's obvious to you that these need to be addressed to you know make the platform even better? Well, I'm waiting for parity <laughs> between the classic and, and the modern interface, but uh, that everybody's waiting for that. Um, I think the one thing that that really I that I really have issues with, and I, I can't blame Microsoft for this, but work, working in the government space is we are sometimes I don't know six to eight months behind, or or, or even more uh, with what is available in the commercial cloud. And I think somehow that that parity has to, or that has to be closed. I mean, I'm still waiting for the CDS Curate Environment Connector to be available at GCC. Um, 
for me, because I work in that kind of space, that's something that that affects me on a regular basis. Um, besides that, um, I think AI Builder has uh, ways to go still. It's amazing what they've done with it, but uh, but it's just I think a very small subset of of the capabilities of where this can actually go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. So true. What else? Um, I do a lot of work with Azure, but I don't think that's really a, a part of the business applications that uh, that I that I have. Um, but it's hard for it. It's it's hard to do biz apps without Azure these days, right? I mean, the two really do go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, they 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 you know they are they are basically made out of uh, Azure, like. You can't have flow without logic apps. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So true. So, so the transition from XRM, right? What we used to build any type of application on Dynamics um, back in the day, to the Power Platform that we have now. What are your thoughts on the transition of the last? It's probably been the last three years. This has all happened over. I loved the concept XRM when it when it was XRM. I mean the ability to just build any type of application on that platform. Um, the fact that basically it became CDS, it became like you have a bare bones system, you can do anything you want with it, and you don't have to have the sales, marketing, service modules part of it, is it, amazing. Any Anybody who comes to me nowadays and say, hey, I need an application, what would it take? I don't even... The the thought that used to cross my mind of custom development, I don't even I never even think of that anymore. It's like take this, spin up an environment in, in fifteen minutes or half an hour, and you can show them you can develop a POC in a in a couple of days or or even less and show them like this is what it's gonna look like. It it's been amazing. It 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 shortens it shortens the sales cycle for people that actually, instead of having to go to a meeting and just uh, and just tell them like, yeah, I can do this and this and this and this for you. You just come and show them like, this is what I can do for you. And it's like a live demo. This is your application already in a live environment you can start working with. What about the community? What's your involvement in the community? I see, uh, do you run a user group uh, in your area? What's the story? So from the biz apps, I think I'm one of the only MVPs in New York. Maybe there is one more. Uh, so it's in New York, New Jersey. It's a little bit hard because the community here is is not strong enough. Um, yeah, it's hard to hard to hear that. Um, like we have. We have some Power Apps groups and we have uh, Flow groups, but I've been to some of those meetings and it, it, it doesn't seem like there is enough uh, traction. Um, I've been talking to some people at Microsoft try, trying to maybe, see, like especially for me, trying to expand these groups and make a government group also. And um, it's, it's been a little bit hard. Um, I'm actually involved in other groups more than in other groups in other areas more than I'm involved in in, uh, in New York. Um, we had 
we had a we had the first New York Saturday last year, 2019. And uh, realistically, between the event was good. I mean, but when the number of MVPs in that conference were one to five with the, with the number of attendees, it's probably not as good, not that good. Like we, you know, in New York, you should be able to get a few hundred people easily. And I think, I think we have to strengthen the community here. That's, uh, and, and it, it's been hard for me. It's been challenging. I'm, you know, I'm working with a few people, help, trying to get, trying to help, help where I can, but, uh, I'm not, we're not there yet. Hmm. So, so what is the, the user group? Did I see it was, um, what did I see? I thought I saw that you were connected with a, um, a particular user group or is that just part of your personal blog or is it the power, um, power at, uh, UG.com or you, you're on there, right? Um, I'm not, I, I'm not organizing any user group. Uh, I'm a member of a few user groups in the area and also, uh, the government user group in DC, um, but yeah, I don't. When we have events in the city, like we're working on an event next month, like a virtual uh, Saturday New York City Saturday event. I think we're going to do Saturday and Sunday. Um, so I'm I'm helping with the organization of that. I love it. I love it. How did you um, become an MVP? Like, what was the nomination process? Who was involved, and uh, what was that journey for you? So it's a little funny because. The first time I, I ever heard of the MVP program was around 2017. Okay, wow. Uh, I had, you know, I was working too hard, never heard about it. And I think I stumbled upon it when I started answering uh, some questions in the Dynamics community. Um, at that time, I was working on a project from home with weird hours. I had time to answered some questions and I got, a, you know, a few MCC awards. Uh, at the time it was harder because you had to be the top five every six months, not like nowadays. Um, and then uh, one of the long-term MVPs uh, submitted me, uh, submitted me and uh, I guess I waited, I waited. I wasn't sure I was ready for it. But uh, eventually, I got uh, I got selected. Awesome! So, who was that MVP that nominated you? Was he a Bizap MVP? Yeah, uh, Andrew Butenko. It was Andrew. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, he's amazing. I I just did one of these podcasts with him a week or so ago. It hasn't been published yet. Um, but yeah, top guy, top guy. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the program now that you've been in for a couple of years and any advice that you'd give to other people considering, um, you know, if they, if it was possible for them to become an MVP? I think it's a little bit hard because it's not like a one size fits all scenario. Um, and, and the, the only experience that I basically have is my own because I don't really know what, I mean, I know the other strengths of other MVPs, maybe like what they focus on, but. But I don't see the you don't really see the contributions of other MVPs. You you might see them in conferences and stuff. So <clears throat> I think for me it's like the the combination 
the combination of selecting uh, multiple areas of contribution and not just one. Um, I know there's a lot of people that, for example, just do just do one thing, either just have a blog or just do forums. And from from what I've understood, that was never enough. So if you have like a primary focus, but also have additional areas of contribution, I think that would probably be a little bit better or give you a dish, better chances to, to getting uh, elected into this. So if you do videos, but also do blogging and forums and events and so on, I think that would, uh, that would be better on, on your profile. And, and I think the, the main thing is make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Because uh, if you're just if you're doing it for for the title, you're probably not gonna. You might get it eventually, but you're not gonna last long. And f- we'll see, you know, how long I last here. <laughs> but uh, um, but you know, it's 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 all about the community. It's all about how you're helping the community and not really helping yourself out here. Well, our time's already gone, and of course, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, tomorrow, the day we're recording this is one day before you and I both find out whether we get renewed for another year. And so uh, we wait and see, and uh, if you're awarded tomorrow, congratulations, and uh, uh, let, cheers. Let's see, let's see what happens. But let's have uh, just, I like, always like to wrap up with some quick-fire random questions. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, here's your first one. What were the three biggest turning points in your life? Kids, hockey, and uh, I would say uh, martial arts. Wow, okay. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? I think I need to make a bucket list before I actually complete (laughs) complete something on my bucket list. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. If you could only eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Steak. Nice. What's the last random thing that made you smile? Probably watching my kids score a goal in ice hockey. Nice, nice. Would you rather die before your partner or after? Probably before. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best job you've ever had? I did martial arts for about 30 years. So I think uh, I was a full-time martial arts instructor. And that was like, this was a long time ago. But uh, uh, I think that was like really fun. I didn't concentrate on anything else. Didn't worry about work or... It was just doing the stuff that I really love. Wow. Tell me, what was the martial art? Uh, I do Japanese karate. Uh, I did some Brazilian, that for about 30 years, and I did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu for, for a few years as well. Awesome, man. That is incredible. I knew that you had in your iconography on your Twitter account or something like that, I'd seen that you, uh, there's a, there's a um, is that Bruce Lee doing karate or is that you? No, that that's actually that picture is my teacher. Ah, wow, your sensei, very like, cool. You know, a, a not a picture, but like kind of like a hologram or something. I don't know what what it's called. Uh, Ark has been great having you uh, on the show. Before you go, if people want to follow you on um, the social media, where can they find you? So I am on LinkedIn. I have my own blog and. Uh, and I, I only joined Twitter last year for the first time. Hey, thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
If you have not heard about the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge, it's a free program I run uh, each year uh, to help people advance in their career in Microsoft Biz Apps. If this is something that you'd be interested in, the, the enrollment and, and intake form is open for the next intake. So you can go to nz365guy.com forward slash 9090-DAYMC, 90-Day Mentoring Challenge. And, or you can just go to my website and click up on Coaching and Mentoring and you'll see the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge if you're interested. Remember, full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 229. See you next time.